Hello everyone and welcome back to Three Friends Roast Movies. I'm Caleb. I'm Benji. And today we are joined by our friend Josh Angleton. Say hi Josh. Hi Josh. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, Josh, what would your spirit animal be and why? Um, spirit animal, you really put me on the spot with this one. A turtle because I have a turtle and they don't move a lot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting something about like their shell or like something, you know, like that made them uniquely turtle. No, just their lack of movement will do it. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, we got to watch uh, some pretty terrible cinema this week. Yes. Um, I mean, that's going to be kind of a controversial statement because this movie is, like, <laughs> not as niche as the other ones we've done. It's the most mainstream movie we've done. Uh, it's yeah. The Mummy from 1999. Classic. Um, which I'm sure there uh, is a cult following of. <laughs> that was a joke because there's a cult in the movie. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Good one. Um, but... Uh, you know what? If you look at it with a naked eye, it's not great. It's very confusing and yeah. um, just really repetitive. <laughs> so repetitive. we'll get to that. But first, we're going to do enter our first segment, Face, face Value. Value. Nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> For our movies in this section, in this episode, we have our first movie, Ghoulies from 1984. Here is the poster for us to look at. Oh my. I know. They'll get you in the end. That, yes. <laughs> so, what do we have here? We have um, a goblin <laughs> looking thing. <laughs> Nilbog. Nilbog. We have a goblin looking thing sticking its head out of a toilet. Mm. Uh, it's so fake looking, <laughs> which is funny because it's a poster. They didn't need to make it like able to move right they right. could have done as realistic a job as they wanted it says ghoulies right of right above it and then at the bottom as benji pointed out they'll get you in the end do you think that's a joke because like in the end like they'll bite you when you're sitting on the toilet no like your end. I, I don't Maybe. think they were that cl- i think I they were just think like so I, they have to get you i might be giving them too much credit <laughs> also i can't tell what his facial expression is coming out of the toilet like he looks like mildly annoyed i think it's just like there. evil <laughs> that, yeah he kind of does look like Ugh, this again <laughs> like <laughs> that literally just looks like a baby doll that they painted green it absolutely is i think <laughs> with like weird wrinkled skin right all right, Josh, what do you think this movie is about, if you had to guess? Well, I think, I think it's very self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe there's a tribe of, of ghoulies, as it is, um, living in the sewers, and they have been dormant for thousands mm-hmm. of years um, before finally being b- released by, you know, who knows what, a yeah. curse, uh-huh. perhaps. Um, and when then they are scattered out through the United States, coming up through the toilets, attacking people. And don't be fooled, they will get you in the end. <laughs> they will, in fact, get you in the end. Folks does not make any false promises. You are shockingly close. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a couple of details, but uh, so in looking for a synopsis for this movie, the first one I found was just a sentence long, and so I was like, "That's not enough." So I went to the Wikipedia page and read the whole synopsis of it, okay. and then I realized, no, in fact, one sentence does pretty much <laughs> cover the entire plot of the movie. Uh, so IMDb's synopsis here is. A young man and his girlfriend move into an old mansion home where he becomes possessed by a desire to control ancient demons. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is about a man who releases a tribe of ghoulies, who are those things on the poster, um, yeah. and just causes evil with them. Wait, so he gets possessed with the desire to yeah, be possessed? Yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, from what I read in the synopsis, uh, his dad, they inherited the mansion from his father, 
Um, he never met his parents. Uh, his dad was evil and like a sorcerer or whatever. And uh, tried to sacrifice his mom. Um, oh. oh, boy. And I, I think it worked, actually. <laughs> like, I say he tried, but I'm pretty sure he did and, uh, and like, succeed. So um, he never met his parents. And he, so he, he inherits this mansion and finds, like, a spell tome or whatever. And, like, the spirit of his father possesses him to, like, do these rituals. And so he does these rituals and summons the, the ghoulies. That's interesting because if he could be possessed, why wouldn't he just be possessed to do the ghoulies? Why does he have to be possessed to do possessing? right. right. Exactly. Seems like his dead dad's a middleman. Yeah, right? We don't need him. (laughs) Like, he could have just done that by himself. Right. You know, whatever. He just really had some unfinished business, I guess. There you go. All right. Our second movie we're going to be looking at is called Corky Romano, and it's from 2001. Oh, man. And I just love the poster, because you're not ever going to guess what the (laughs) movie's about based on it. Who is Corky? Um, I found this one in a list of worst movie posters ever made. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's pretty bad. It is just... Neon yellow, uh, tiny red border. We get this guy, just this, his head mm-hmm. in the center of the poster, doing this really weird, like quirky, quirky smile. <laughs> um, he looks insane, and then it just says, "Who is Corky?" Well, I like the Romano. Very oh, small I like the lead <laughs> actor. That's Chris Kattan. Oh, he was wow. like, he was like an SNL um, cast oh. member for like a long time. Oh, um, yeah. Now I see it. Yeah. You're so much better at identifying characters than I <laughs> I thought it was just quirky. I noticed, I noticed it when we were talking about that one movie a couple episodes ago, and you were like, oh, it's that one guy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're right. Do you know what this reminds me of? Have huh. you guys seen The Office? Yeah. Do you remember when they go to, like, Kelly's party, and they have yes. their faces on the mug? <laughs> yes. That's, like, what quirky oh, is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it looks exactly it like It really does. <laughs> Okay, so who do you, or who do you think? Who do you think Corky is? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Josh, who do you think Corky is? What do you think this movie is about, Corky Romano? Okay, I think Corky Romano is a quirky kid um, from upstate New York. <laughs> He's quirky or quirky? Yes. Okay. Um, from upstate New York, who's just... Wait, we're in upstate New York. I'm from there. I can't disclose that right now. Just I haven't seen the movie. Pick a city, Josh. I can tell you one. Okay. Give me a city. Syracuse. Syracuse. He's not from Syracuse. Right. So Corky Utica. is... Okay, Utica. He's from Utica. Okay. <laughs> and he's just always getting into something. Yeah. You know Corky. Yeah, um, we all know a Corky. He's crazy. You know, he's just funny. And I think this movie is honestly a beautiful representation of what he gets himself into. Um, whether it be, you know, silly mishaps that happen on the street or um, even deeper uh, family issues oh. um, that Corky's going to. I believe that this movie is a roller coaster of emotions that takes you from laughing to crying. Mm-hmm to enlightenment Mm -hmm. you think based on this poster that the movie has like a deep underlying string of like moral and things like that yes caleb yes i do okay um you're wrong okay (laughs) (laughs) it was a good guess though uh corky romano uh is about corky romano uh a naive bumbling veterinarian outcast son of a mafia boss. Jeez, oh, okay. <laughs> um, he is recruited by his family to infiltrate the FBI and steal any and all evidence that will put his cranky father named Francis A. Pops Romano in jail. But he's in way over his head when he's made out to be a super agent. It's a reputation... Oh, there's a typo here, and I told myself I wasn't going to read it, but I just did. Uh, it's a reputation he must live up to as he tries to fake his way through one tough assignment after another while hunting for the elusive, incriminating proof of his father's illegal activities. 
So that's a little off. <laughs> a little off. I mean, how could you possibly guess? In a way, he does get himself into okay. some stuff. That stuff is just like mafia activity. <laughs> it's just uh, illegal with the activity. FBI. Um, I really think it's interesting their use of the word elusive here. This has nothing to do with the movie. It just has to do with the review. Okay. Um, I mean, this is like technically a correct way to use the word elusive, I think. But like, I've just never heard. It made me realize I've never heard the word elusive used to describe anything but like some artifact or like oh really <laughs> like map or something or like some like lost city. Mm-hmm. Um, but here they're just like the elusive incriminating proof of his father's illegal activities. It's like one file in yeah, a cabinet right. somewhere. I imagine it's like changing hands a lot. Yeah, it's constantly on the move. <laughs> All right, so good guesses. Good job in that game. We are going to move on to segment number two. Who wants, wants to, to be, be a, a cinephile? cinephile? Josh, we say them in unison. I'm so sorry. I'm very behind. It's fine. <laughs> you have two more segments to do it right. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in this segment... Uh, I've never seen it before. Josh is going to get four quotes from the two movies we just looked at. Three of them are fake. One of them is real. You will have to try to guess which one it is for a million dollars. Wow. A million dollars? No. Oh. Good, because I feel like a relief of pressure. Yeah, right? It doesn't mean as much now. Okay. We will make fun of you, though. Oh, well, that's worse. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Don't and, make me cry. And all of the people who listen to our podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, there's not. There's, well, there's not a lot. Even one will make me in tears. Okay. Um, Very sensitive. All right. So our first movie we're looking at is Ghoulies. Ghoulies. And here are your quotes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Quote one: If I find another ghoulie in our toilet, I'm leaving, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> Quote number two: They call me Dick, but you can call me Dick. <laughs> Third quote: <laughs> The ritual didn't work. Maybe I didn't use enough blood. Hold still. <laughs> <laughs> quote four my dad used to do this ritual all the time I helped one day I'd get to do it with him maybe one day one day when we're in hell I will <laughs> okay so one of those are real yep one of them is I real I think those are all real they are not <laughs> <laughs> I already did that once in our first episode it was a weird precedent to set and I'm never doing it again <laughs> okay I want to say that I don't think it's the first one because I don't think they directly refer to them as ghoulies. Okay. I hope not. You think it's like Troll 2, where they only ever call the trolls goblins yeah. and never troll? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm definitely thinking the last one's real. That my dad used to do this ritual yeah. all the time. That is not the correct oh. quote. The correct quote, I mean, it was the most boring one. It's the one where they say, <laughs> they call me Dick, but oh, you okay. can call me Dick. Yeah. I didn't just want like, it to be that one. Yeah, so I didn't it was just stupid one. and boring. Honestly, IMDb didn't offer too many exciting quotes from this movie. <laughs> My guess would be because it's not a good movie. If that's like top four of like Yeah, they were like, quotes. write that down. <laughs> yeah, we need that. <laughs> that's what we're putting on the merch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Corky Romano. You ready? Ready. All right, first quote. Pay no attention to my mustache. I've had it since I was a boy. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Don't make me use my gun. Nobody likes getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Number three. Josh, turn your phone off. That was you. No, it wasn't. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> uh, third quote. They call me Corky because I'm difficult to pin down. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. I can't call you by your first name because I'm not a part of your groovy tie squad. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, those are all real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so again, uh, nope, they're not all real. One okay. of them is real, but the rest are fake. 
I'm going to go with the, the gun line about nobody likes being <laughs> shot. <laughs> that is also incorrect. I'm horrible. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm getting better at these as time goes on. My first ones were very obvious. They got really? both of them right. Yeah, because I wasn't very good. But now I've realized that movie quotes truly can be awful. Like, yeah. I, I think it was bad before because I did a, like, half-hearted job at actually writing them, and now I just don't care. Okay. Um, wow. The real quote was the last one. I can't call oh. you by your first name because I'm not a part of your groovy tie squad. <laughs> um, this movie was even sillier than I thought it was. I definitely thought it was the gun because I could imagine, like, the mob boss guy being like, now don't make me pull out my gun because nobody <laughs> likes being shot. Nobody <laughs> likes getting shot. <laughs> Not even me. I could see it. Maybe we should just make a movie where that's an actual line. I'm we in. could probably do a better job than Corky Romano. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's shade. a bold statement. I've never even seen the movie. It could be great. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Moving on to segment number three. Screams, Screams from, from a, a hat. hat. I did it. Nice job. Thanks. Um, so in this segment, we'll give you a genre, a conflict type, and potpourri, some random plot uh, development that must be included in your uh, movie. Oh, geez, and okay. you have to come up with, on the spot a plot for a movie. Wow. And okay. then we'll also ask you the name. Awesome. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Your genre is horror. Great. Uh, your conflict type is man versus nature. Love it. And your potpourri is uh, a cheesy montage. So there has to be a cheesy montage okay. somewhere in your movie that you will have to describe for us. Okay, so my movie takes place in... <laughs> I love how ready you were. <laughs> <laughs> my movie takes place in the um, freezing mountains of Russia. Okay. Um, uh, family is uh, vacationing there when they stumble upon something they didn't expect in the freezing mountains of Russia, snow. They're completely okay. unprepared. They're wearing shorts, tank tops. They had no idea this <laughs> was going to like, how be could here. we have known? Yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. Um, and then off in the corner, they see a log cabin with some bizarre motivational music playing, and they're not sure what's going yeah. on. So they sneak down. It turns out it's Rocky, training in Rocky Four to fight Rocky? Ivan Drago. You know when he like goes to I Russia? Know Rocky. Oh, that's disappointing. I'm sorry. Benji, have you seen Rocky? Oh, yeah. Do you know in Rocky Four when he like goes to fight Ivan Drago? So he just like, how do I prepare? Oh, let me just go to Russia for a week and just do like <laughs> manual labor. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm ready to fight now. That'll so, do it. Yeah, he's, he's just like, <laughs> so basically, he just chops like a couple logs and then like mm -hmm. picks up a chain or something. Like he just does like normal people things. Yeah. <laughs> but in Russia. But in, in Russia. Russia. Yeah. And then there, he's just like, okay, I'm prepared to fight a super fighter yeah, right. who's on steroids and could like. They had a montage where, like, Ivan Drago, like, broke concrete with his hand. Like, in the first one, like, all he really does to train is run up steps, right? Well, I mean, he's in, like, the boxing gym, though, but, like, he barely even boxes when this preparation. Yeah. He just, like, lifts yeah. logs. So the family stumbles down, and they, <laughs> so they back find... back to your movie. Yeah, well, back to where the money is. So they stumble down, they find Rocky training, um, and as they go to ask for help, it turns into a whole, like, cannibalistic situation. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's juicy. Like, they're um, eating him, or he eats them? No, the family. They don't even get to Rocky. Oh, they, <laughs> they get lost and start eating each other. Yes. Gotcha. Um, well, I mean, you can imagine they're in flip, they're in flops, you know, tank yeah, tops, they shorts. They thought it was going to be warm. They had no idea what Russia was. The world's stupidest family. They're so dumb. <laughs> and it turns into a whole thing. It's kind of like, it gives like off a shining vibe, okay. like when they're like in the maze, like <laughs> running, that type yeah. of thing. Um, but it, but like very quietly throughout the entire film, you can hear the Rocky theme song, yeah. like, <laughs> like <laughs> pervading through the entire thing. Yeah. Like, like it's never enough to be like into it, but it's always enough to know that it's yeah. there. <laughs> like looming. Yeah. And it's constant. It's like annoyingly quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like very it's obviously like around the theater leaning forward. Like they're like, is, is that? Do you guys working? hear the Rocky theme? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, I thought it was just me. 
Yeah. It's like a subliminal thing to like right. support Rocky. So like they're obviously <laughs> close <laughs> enough to be a, there. This is an ad for the next Rocky movie. <laughs> so like that's kind of the thing. Like they're obviously close enough to be next to Rocky <laughs> yeah. to hear him playing his music. Uh-huh. But like they never know where they are. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending for you. But <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Uh, I, I can't. I really okay. can't. Just see it in theaters. Um, it comes out in October. October. Uh, what is the... So is the montage... The montage... They, they have like a, a side-by-side montage of Rocky, okay. but it's just them running away from the cannibalistic father. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like training. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like him training, juxtaposed next to them running away. <laughs> what, is there symbolism there? I feel like that's kind of deep. Um, there is symbolism, but none that I'm aware of. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We just know it's there. Yeah. And, uh, what is the name of your movie? Romp Around in Russia. Romp Around in Russia. (laughs) I love it. I was hoping, I was like half hoping that you would name it where the money is. Because earlier in your synopsis, you said, back to where the money is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I almost said it right when you said that. I was almost like, that's the title. <laughs> it has nothing to do like with it. Right. It's just like, where the money is. Oh, isn't that the one where the family gets lost in Russia, yeah, and, and Rocky's playing in the background, and, and they eat each other? Eat them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, where the money is, you know. <laughs> no. All right. On to segment number four. A case, case analysis, analysis of, of the obscure, obscure B-rate cinematic, cinematic collection. collection. Ooh, that was good. By the end there, it was very like, you know. Drony. <laughs> All right, so we watched last night The Mummy. Yes. From 1999, not the one from 2016, 2017? When it came out? It was like 2017. There was like was more, like, though, right? There was like The Mummy Returns or something. Oh, there was, there like was more many mummies. Yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. first one was in 1939. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh, like wow. an old thing. Um, yeah. It was, like, it was like 1939, like 1940s was one in the 70s, then one in 1999, and then. The so they returned. It didn't get better. No, 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 no. I, in fact, if anything, I think it might have got worse. The 2016 is a second reboot. It's a reboot of the reboot. That's amazing. <laughs> that could only like be successful. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't see any flaws yeah, in that at all. Yeah, can't possibly do it. You know. Um, so let's go through the plot for anyone who hasn't seen this masterpiece. Um, heads up, very hard to follow. Yes. And <laughs> part of that is, I think, because they felt the need to give everything a name, like everything. a specific name. Um, and so there's just so many like sp- like proper nouns being mm-hmm. thrown around that it's like, who is named what anymore? And it's all like in Egyptian or like fake Egyptian, like right. Westerners think Egyptian sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, like let's just let's just rattle off some names real quick. Okay. Imhotep. Yeah, he was the bad guy. The main he was, guy. Yeah, he was the main he was bad the guy. Anksu Namun. I can see the moon. Um, I can see the moon. <laughs> uh, Seti the first. Uh, Hamanoptera. Which, Which is oh, like the, b- b- the temple, right? By the way, Hamanatra, even like we struggled with it, and so did the actors. Like they, they all I said don't think it they, different. I don't think they once said the same thing twice. They all said it different. Um, I mean, listen to these crazy names: Jonathan, Evelyn, <laughs> <laughs> Rick, <laughs> Rick. Uh, yeah, those are the only easy ones, and it's because they were from London. Um, that was probably like, you know, what a Westerner thing to say. Um. There is Benny Gabor. Uh, there is Ardeth Bay, which sounds like a Star Wars character. It does. Um, I'm trying to see if there are any more. There were more, but those are all the ones that made it into the Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Amun-Ra, with the Book of Amun-Ra. That sounds eerily similar to Night at the Museum with the Tablet of Amun-Ra. Yeah, it really does. Maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> Maybe Probably. they just spelled it. They just don't really know what it is. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> there's this, there was this one thing in the mummy. 
I like that there is a separate Wikipedia article for the list of mummy characters. So I can just yeah. So some ones we missed: uh, Gad ha- Gad Hassan. What? Uh, Terrence Bay. I mean, that one's kind of easy. Yeah. Uh, Alan Chamberlain. Uh, Mr. Burns. Like, how are we supposed to remember that? <laughs> and what was the Simpsons? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Matthias is in the Mummy Returns. Now I'm just getting into the extended Mummy universe, so we'll just stop there. <laughs> is he um, canon? <laughs> yeah, the Mummy canon. Um, okay, so basically we have uh, it starts out with Imhotep and Ankh-Sunamun. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see the moon. I can see the moon. Who will now be referred to as I can see the moon for the rest of the podcast. Awesome. Um, they love each other, Very which is much. not allowed uh, because she is the mistress of Seti the first. Right. So uh, on, I can see the moon uh, <laughs> and Imhotep assassinate him, um, and surprisingly, it doesn't go well for them. Surprisingly, uh, I mean, they do kill him, so that part works. But then uh, they get captured by the like Seti's priest or whatever, um, and Anxunamun is killed. Uh, and so is Imhotep. But he's, like, put under this weird Egyptian curse thing where it's, like, supposed to be, like, super, you know, awful. And he's buried alive with flesh-eating beetles. His tongue's cut out. He's, like, put in the sarcophagus forever. He's buried in Havanoptra. Havanoptra. Um, yeah. You he's know, buried you in know, this, the city of Havanoptra. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So cut to 1926. We have Evelyn, her brother, Jonathan, and... A librarian. Uh, Avalyn is a librarian. Wait, Av- was that Mr. Byrne? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> None at all. Um, so, our first impression of Evelyn is that she's a terrible librarian. She's the worst librarian. She's very bad. She's so horrible. <laughs> she knocks over all the books like dominoes. Literally, within, <laughs> literally <laughs> within the first minute of meeting her, she like tries to put a book on a shelf that she clearly can't reach. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like does this weird stilt act on ladders. And it's then, like one of those straight up ladders, and she's right. somehow like completely vertical on it yeah, for like an like, unusual amount of time. She like looks down at one point, she's like, this again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> um, and she knocks down all the things. Um, and then her boss is weirdly gracious with her. Like, he seems angry, but at the end of the day, he's like, just pick it up. Like, yeah. I can't afford to hire a new librarian. Um, and so then she's scared by her brother. Uh, like, I mean, he's scared. <laughs> she's not just passively afraid of him. Like, he's ah, scared. Jonathan! <laughs> not you! <laughs> no, he like jumps out and scares her. Um, with a dead corpse. Yeah, nonetheless, I would be mad. I'd like punch him right in the face. Um, that's what I would do. Wow. Uh, and then and knock s- over some more books. Yeah, right. <laughs> like more books. Um, and she's also an aspiring Egyptologist, as we found out. Um, so he tells her about how he like stole or something directions to Hamanoptra. A bit of a Um And she's like, "Let's follow it. I don't have a job." Um, and so <laughs> they. Uh, leave right yeah they, well, so they, they they check like the map or whatever right she like can read <coughs> egyptian i guess um and so she figures it out and they're like let's go well they um, the map burn uh part of it oh, they were gonna fall yeah. out. do you remember that guy who was like like holding it right, above he it, and, it and then, then he, like, he like put it directly in a candle and it made like a really loud flame yeah. noise like it was like he was like, ah, ah. And he was like, ah. <laughs> like he like throws it on the ground he like had he had like an entire map on fire at one right. point yeah he's like reading it closely and like slowly moving closer <laughs> yeah. to the candle um and so they end up going to search for Hamanoptra and they find it um well they get Rick out of prison that's true so yeah there's a, an explorer named Rick who uh is in prison for something probably doing something illegal like most westerners do um <laughs> when they're in foreign countries um and 
he's about he's not about to he is hanged no yeah they they, they hang, hang him. him um it doesn't kill him he's got a tough uh, neck yeah for real <laughs> my man just like braces up and, and like the, takes it he's like dangling there for like a probably really long you, time. five five minutes like five whole minutes and while they like, like struggling while they like debate on how much he should pay for his life like Evelyn's yeah. trying to like pay for his life yeah Evelyn just goes up to this guy I don't know how she even got clearance to like talk to him and no, she's no. like release him now for for 10% of what we find in Hamanaptra <laughs> and he's like 50 she's like 20 he's like 30 she's like 25 and I think he actually suggests 25 yeah he's like 25 and then she's like she's like, like, <gasps> she's like, <"D-> he's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he like makes this weird sound and like just motions for them to let him go and they drop him um also, I like how you made him a 1930s detective. Yeah. No, see? <laughs> see, he's hanging there. He's going to hang there, you see? 50%, see? Um, and so they release him. He joins their party. He's, like, I guess the only experienced adventurer explorer out of the three of them. Well, he's, like, um, been there or something, right? Or something yeah, like or, like, he at least is familiar with the legend and knows something. Yeah. Um, and so the three of them, they find Hamanoptera. When they get there, there is also an American, uh, like, group there. Rick is also American, but he's just not with them. Um, there's an American group that is also looking for the treasure in Hamanoptera. Um, and so they all go into uh, the temple. Um, and it's just kind of a lot of them like looking around and looking for things. Um, accidentally falling upon a whole bunch of traps. The Americans and the, the London group don't like outright... They're not like outright like out to get each other, but... They co- they they're do, coexisting. They're like coexisting, but it is kind of like a mechanic of like whoever gets there first, you know. Yeah. Like it's very respectful, actually. Yeah. Like I never thought about it until just now. They were like, they were like, we're not going to kill you or anything, but like, we're, it's a right. race. It was like, like the great race. Yeah, like juxtaposed to like national treasure when they're like, they're like, if you're even trying to look for this treasure that we're looking <laughs> for, we're going to kill you and all, or like everyone you know. They like work together at some points. To yeah, like help each other out. Right. Yeah. Um. So the American, the the London group is like doing a really good job, like. I mean, they're just smarter. They, like, go underneath where they know the tomb is, and they just start digging up. In an unusual way. <laughs> yeah, in a really weird way. He, like, doesn't know how to use, like, a, a pickaxe. Pick <laughs> um, and then the London group is, like, or the American group is, like, we'll just, you know, plow through and just go through all the booby-trapped entrances. Um, and so a lot of them die um, just from booby traps or right. very bad. Um, and eventually, Evelyn, Jonathan, and Rick... They dig through like a very important part of the structure, and a sarcophagus falls through, and they don't know whose it is, but they open it anyway. Um, so they open it up. It's <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's Imhotep, <laughs> um, and so uh, they find this book there, and they um, read a page from the book, like outside the temple. Um, yeah, well, you know what's? I don't know. This was like weird to me, just because I've. It makes sense. I've just never, like, seen it depicted this way. Where, like, I feel like in every movie where they're, like, going into an Egyptian tomb or something, they go in and they stay there, like, until the end. Like, that's where the rest of the movie takes yeah. place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in what I feel like is probably more realistic, like, they go into the tomb, they get stuff done, and then they come back outside to sleep. Like, they, like... Yeah, it's definitely realistic in that way. Yeah. yeah, they, like, come in and out of the tomb, which, like in my mind I was like well yeah like, of course they, what are they gonna do sleep in the tomb right. but I don't know I guess I half expected them to anyway uh, they find this black book in fact called the black book um, and that has symbolism she like reads a page from it Evelyn reads a page from it um, which you never do right you I, never just read out loud yeah she's like oh everyone gather around 
if anyone reads this book, <laughs> you'll <luck>. die. <laughs> like, They'll get you in the end. Really? <laughs> They'll get you in the end. Um, and so literally as she's finishing up reading a page from the book, like someone runs out and they're like, don't read that book. <laughs> well, before she does it, like three full-on curses sweep through the camp. <laughs> right. Like a dark shadow goes and like gusts of wind, but like nobody wakes yeah, up. Yeah, no one wakes up. It's just like, but then they wake up for something way more mundane. Right, like a stick falls. And right. Like, <laughs> um, and so she reads this. It brings Imhotep back to life. Uh, and he comes out and he starts like, Sucking the life energy out of everyone. Well, because he, he starts as, like, a monk. He starts right, as the monk. as, like, a true, and he want, like, monk. And he wants to, like, become himself again. Right, right. he's, like, decomposing gross. Right. Um, and so he starts, like, stealing, like, bodily things from people. <laughs> like, yeah. he takes people's skin, he steals this one guy's eyes, and then his tongue. And then um, his whole body. And then, like, yeah, and then he just, like, slowly, like, kills multiple people to steal their skin. I don't know why he couldn't just kill one person to steal their skin, but whatever. I don't make the rules. There's not big people in Egypt. <laughs> That's true. They were Americans, though. There are big people in America. Amen. Um, I'm one of them. Uh, and so he eventually pieces himself back together. That kind of happens over a while, but we don't need to talk about what happens in between. Uh, there's like, that's half of the movie. Like, like that's really not important. It really isn't important. There's like here's the thing is that there's a lot of characters we're not mentioning because they're not really that important. Like, like in the all. grand scheme of things, like they make them seem more important than they are. But then you look back and you're like, they don't matter. Dude, that didn't further the plot at all. Right. So like they meet all these people. They meet um, Ardeth Bay. He, again, he's not very important um, besides being like a warrior. He's like really strong. Uh, and so eventually. Um, they realized that he, they brought him to life by reading the Black Book, which was not where they expected it to be. They thought that they were reading what's called the Gold Book, or the Book of Life. You should, they should have known when the book wasn't gold, it was black. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and so they thought they were reading the Book of Life. No one is saying that these people are smart. She couldn't even be a librarian. Um, <laughs> and then they were like, okay, well, if we just found the Black Book where we expected the Gold Book to be, then we should look where the Gold Book should be. No, we should look where the Black Book should be to find the Gold Book. I can't blame you for messing this up. <laughs> um, and so they do that, and they find it, and they're like, okay, so we just need to read this book, and it will kill him. Oh, and also, Imhotep is obsessed with Evelyn, because he wants to, like, He thinks her to bring she's, back. like, that one girl, the other one. I see His the queen. I see the moon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. He, like, kisses her in her sleep at one point. Do you remember that scene? Well, yeah, and then, like, the skin, like, pulls back from his face, and, like, it turns yeah. mummy again. It was, like, weird. I don't know what was happening there, and I don't think the movie producers did either. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, so they read the book of life to kill him, which is kind of ironic. I like that part. Um, (laughs) and it like kind of works. It opens up like the river of death. Um, and, uh, oh, so I'm, I'm reading now from the synopsis because I truly don't remember any of this part. Um, Evelyn reads from the Book of Amun-Ra, which I think is different from the Book of Life and the Book of Death. Um, this is the third book. Yeah, I think it's the third book. <clears throat> I, th- I think it is. Yeah, because it just refers to them as the Book of the Dead and the Book of Living as the two books. Okay. Um, so she reads from it, and it turns Imhotep mortal, and then they Rick pushes him into the River of the Dead. Um, and he leaves the world of the living, he vows revenge, um, and then... Benny, who we're now introducing for the first time, he was just a traitor. He like started out with them, and then he joined Imhotep for some reason. He had, he was the guy with the um, the fake eyebrow above his lip as a mustache. Yeah, it was weird. Gotcha. Um, and also it was also strange because um, he like showed a 
Star of David, showing that he was like Jewish. Mm. And for some reason, to Imhotep, that was like, okay, you're on my side then. Well, no, he said he, that he would, he was, saw him as a slave at that point. Oh, so he, yeah, so oh, he, he like he spared like, him. So he was like, you could be useful. Yeah, it was very weird. I was like, okay, sure, why yeah, not? Go for it. Um, good for you, Benny. I mean, not no, Benny I mean, was not, bad. He Benny ended was up a being a bad guy. person. He was um, very, also very easily swayed. Yeah. Do you remember, like, he would, like, ask a question and then. Evelyn would just be like, yeah, that's Egyptian rule. And he'd be like, really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, and so I like this part. Benny accidentally sets off an ancient movie trap and is trapped by a swarm of flesh-eating scarabs. Um, and then Hamanoptera just descends into the sand. Um, and then Ardath rides away, and Rick and Evelyn kiss, and they live happily ever after, and they get all the treasure. Yay. Exciting movie. Um, like I said, the whole plot could really be summarized into, like, two groups of people accidentally awaken an ancient cursed zombie he tries to kill everyone they read a book that makes him mortal and then they kill him again the end like there's Period. i mean i know that you can do that with a lot of movies but truly it felt like there was just a lot not happening in this movie mm. maybe it was specifically because there were so many names i think that's where the ultimate downfall is in this You're like too much right we're like yeah. i don't need to know like what the like city is named to say it's like the tomb of this guy you know yeah, yeah, yeah. or like i don't know why like every member of the american troop had a name like, there was like I, a lot of people there was like yeah names. at one point they expected us to keep track of like yeah. 20 people's names <laughs> yeah. that we've just met and that we don't need to know after two hours also this movie is two hours long that was a long movie it was a long movie <laughs> it was too long for what happened um there's a lot think, of names to get through. There's a lot of names to say. <laughs> and an hour, that was just reading names. Um, I did enjoy um, the facial features of, oh my goodness, <laughs> the, of, of Rick. Rick. Uh, I mean, just <laughs> his facial expressions were second to none. Rick's mouth was more confused than I was watching this movie. That is true. <laughs> Dude, I mean, this is, this is where a podcast fails because I really wish that we could just show a demonstration. But, I mean, just wa like, I mean, watch the movie. Like, his performance is just so gold. Like, he gets so excited about nothing, and, like, his facial expressions are always, like, they're always what you would expect, but, like, the extreme. But, like, too much. Like, it, too much. <laughs> like, there was a part where he was, like, sarcastically responding to something, yeah. and even I was, like, kind of offended. Like, yeah. his reaction was just so extreme. He was, like... She said something, and then he was like, oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> like had such a big smile and was, like, so patronizing. Um, even I was a little bit hurt. Uh, but it did break up the movie a little bit, I felt like. You know, That's one like, way to put it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was at times the most exciting thing happening on the screen. Um, often. Yeah, oftentimes. This movie, to me, had kind of the same tone as hear me through as mad max not in content or quality but in that um i hate desert movies they make my <laughs> mouth dry <laughs> they're always so orange and they yes. which is a bad color and they like are they just look hot and dry and i always need like water when i watch them i don't know if that's just me yep it's why i, I didn't that. see mad max because i was like this movie just looks too orange for me <laughs> I, like, I can't do this yeah. Any other thoughts about the movie? I mean... Um, I did want to mention my favorite scene mm -hmm. in the entire movie, which was a... Which it's a blink-and-you-miss-it type of moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's where Evelyn and Rick are in the room... <laughs> 
<laughs> and, they're, and they're like packing to go. So Rick puts his hands in the suitcase, like it's an open suitcase, and he's sitting there, and Evelyn slams the suitcase shut to like trap his fingers in it. And the, the death curling scream that Rick lets out for half of a second Literally, was amazing. Like, it's he like was he has like, his hands ah! here, you just hear, and then, he's, <laughs> and then he's okay. Like, like it was just like, ah! And then like he just like, and then it, like they just keep talking. Like, yeah, nothing his like, happens. facial like, expressions are insane because they always are. Yeah. And then he just like literally exhales, like, <sighs> like he just shits <laughs> it off. <laughs> he's like totally fine. Yeah. And then like in like I don't know why that just stuck to me. Like it's just so beautiful. It was so, so funny. And I remember I missed it at first. And, and we had so to go I back. I just literally heard the thud, and then you. Ryan, <laughs> and then I was like, "Wait, rewind it!" And you like couldn't hear me because you were still laughing. Like you, your reaction to it was so much longer than the bit actually was. <laughs> it was just perfect. And he really has no lingering reaction to it. He's like, "No, he's fine." He like slams, he breathes off. And he's like, "Okay, now we have to go find the like." Yeah, it, it's like it's just so unneeded. Right. Like he just like he. It's like they didn't give them direction. On like what I'm to just do. gonna be honest. He's not a good actor. He's not. Great. He's not great. <laughs> but in that moment, like. It hurt my fingers. <laughs> like, like man, I, I felt it. That. Like I was like, like if he would have acted like he was hurt the whole movie, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get like, it. so you really slammed his fingers. Yeah, like that, that hurts. Like that's happening to me. That hurts. That but then like he like just like thing. shrugged it. Like, like the ending scene, you just like see him for a second, look at his hand, and be like, ah. Like they go to kiss, and he's like, you know what? Ah, oh, God, my hand still is killing me. Why did you do he's that? Like, you know, you really never apologized. Um, I'm like really still in pain from that. I really need you to apologize. <laughs> Can we go to the doctor? No, please. <laughs> yeah. As we're riding away, I think my fingers are broken. <laughs> he like whispers into her ear. He like holds his hand, three of his fingers are just black. He's, He's like, like, I'm glad help. that we made it out of that temple because now I can go see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you broke my fingers. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Josh. Uh, this was you joining us to watch this movie was the only thing that made watching this movie worth it, in my opinion. You're welcome. Um, so thank you for being there. Thank you for joining our games. You did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Happy to funny. be here. Keep it up. I will try my best. <laughs> uh, as always, thank you everyone for watching. Check back next week for another episode. Subscribe to our podcast. You can see either on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Uh, release a new movie. Uh, new movie. <laughs> new movie coming out. <laughs> release a new movie based on bad movies. Romp around in Russia. Uh, romp around in Russia. <laughs> we release a new podcast every week where we'll have a new guest. We're playing all these same games with a new set of terrible movies to watch. So join us back next week for some more B-rate movies. Extra crispy. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.